Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. My favorite thing about mom is that she goes above and beyond as a mother, and she's also one of my best friends. There are so many reasons why I love my mom, but um, that would take too much time to tell all of them. So a few is that she is always cheerful, even if it seems like there is nothing to be happy about. She's always smiling about something, and she is just such a caring and genuine person, and she's always been there for me, even if it feels like nobody else is, and I truly couldn't ask for a better mom. She care about me, she love about me. Go to the Japanese park. She made food for me. She let me take a nap. Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, I like how she cooks stuff for me. I love her. Happy Mother's Day. My favorite thing about my mom is how much she cares for us and how much she loves us. And I love her. My favorite thing about mommy is that she makes sure I have food I can eat because of my allergies. I love you, mommy. <laughs> my favorite thing about mom is how she cares for me and her personality. My favorite thing about mom is she's kind and helpful and I like her snuggles and her food. My favorite thing about mom is that no matter where we go or whatever we're doing, she is always there to be my duet partner, no matter what, and she's always there to quote friends with me. Um, she's nice. <laughs> Love you, mom. Helps me, reads to me, and she's funny. And she's funny. I love you, and you're really nice, and I love you, and you're the best mom ever. Ma, my favorite thing about mommy is she snuggles, she um, plays with me with dad, so she snuggles with me and watches TV. My favorite thing about mommy is her dogs, her cooking, her snuggles, her unicorn mac and cheese, her bright smile, her long brown hair, her great fashion, her pet talks. My favorite thing about my mom is hearing her laugh when she comes home from work. If I can make my mom laugh, then I know I've done something right. <laughs> and I like how mom cheers for me at tennis matches and braids my hair for tennis matches or any other competitions. And I like that mom depends on me to chase the cats out of her room every night so she can go to sleep. Happy, Happy Mother's, Mother's Day! Day. <laughs> Good morning and happy Mother's Day to all the moms. 
I'm just going to say, so, th so that was my boy at the end there, and he's got a beard. And I'm proud of that, but at the same time, it's very unsettling that I have a boy that has a beard. Well, good morning, and welcome to Simple Church. If this is your first time here, this applause is for you. Thank you for joining us this morning. And happy Mother's Day. So, so if you've been at Simple Church for a while, then you know what Mother's Day is. Mother's Day is really about chocolate-covered strawberries. And you're probably just saying, Tim, get through the message so we can get our strawberries. You have to wait till after service. And know that at the end of service, there will also be a, a, a game and a giveaway. You've got to be present to win. So once I'm done, don't bolt real fast. Hang out for a couple extra minutes, and Pastor Lenny's got some cool stuff going on. So again, if this is your first time here, uh, I would encourage you to fill out a Connect card in the back of your seats. There's a Connect card that uh, would give us your information. We would love to connect with you, to reach out to you, to see how you're doing and how we can serve you and how Simple Church might be a good home for you. Um, and I'm going to run through a whole bunch of other announcements really quick. So hang on. Uh, growth Track, today is step two after service. Shirley's going to be leading Growth Track this afternoon. Um, if you have not participated in Growth Track, I would encourage you to start. You can start today at step two, but you can start today. Um, we've got grow groups. Our grow group season has just ended, and we're looking forward to the summer grow group session. That is going to be a six-week session starting the beginning of June. If you have participated in a group and you're interested in leading a group, reach out on, on the website. Crud, I can't remember where it is on, on the website. On the app. On the app. Aaron's like, dude. You lead this part. You know where it is. I probably know where it is, but, but hopefully. I can, I can get you there. So check out the app. There's a link there that you can fill out to uh, give you some basic information that will reach out to you to get your grow group uh, launched. Let's see. Birthday shindig. So we turned nine. And May 22nd, we are having our birthday shindig. And so that was part of the other fascinating thing about that video with all the, all the kids. So, so some of these kids are like really, really tiny when we started, and they're not really, really tiny anymore. Yeah, it's, it's just uh, kind of stunning watching them all grow. We should just like play years past videos and stuff. Birthday shindig, May 22nd, here. There will be cake. There will be a great show, probably some prizes, and plenty of cake. Did I miss anything? Is that all the and cake? All right, so I think that's all the announcements. And child dedications. I didn't have that on my list. Child dedications are sometime... 29th. 29th. <laughs> so what's going to happen is tomorrow morning in our staff meeting, when we go through the good, bad, missing, and confusing... Yeah, pretty much. And I didn't tell you my name, so maybe they won't even realize it was me. So, my name is Tim, and I probably have issues. Okay. So this morning on Mother's Day, I get to continue on our series on offense. Um, when it comes to uh, offense, being baited into offense, we've had uh, great messages from Aaron and Kyle last week, and I would encourage you, if you have not listened to those, to go back and listen to those. That that over these, the, the following three weeks, we are going to continue focusing on this area of offense that, that realistically we all deal with and grapple with, if not on a daily basis, possibly on a moment-by-moment -moment basis in some form or fashion. Um, one, of, one of their plans was to show up with a joke that would offend you right off the bat. Um, I didn't come with a joke. Odds are I'm going to say something later on in the sermon <laughs> that when I walk over here, 
pay attention because I'm going to say something stupid. That is, we have a long list of memes of stupid things I've said. Um, but this morning, I get the pleasure of dealing with offense and authority. <clears throat> offense and authority. Now, an aspect of authority that I'm not going to touch base on is with with government entities, with police, with politicians, and all that stuff, that, that, that there, there can be a fence that's handled there, but, but I, I don't, I'm not going to focus there. What I'm going to focus on is more of our 20 square feet, that, if, you, that you, if you've been around Simple Church for a little while, you hear us talk about our 20 square feet of influence. And this 20 square feet are the people that we are uh, in community with. And so when it comes to authority, the, the areas that, that we're going to kind of like grapple with today um, would, be, would be parents. Happy Mother's Day. Parents, um, your bosses, church leaders, that's, that, that they, these are people that are in authority, not like, I am authority over you, but, but, but these are people that are, are in positions of authority over you that, that we can take offense in with, with the events that they bring, that, that we can choose to take offense so we're going to be looking at church leaders, parents, bosses, <clears throat> my wife. My wife is my authority. <laughs> I told her I'm not going to bring up any stories. No stories about my wife because I want my afternoon to go well. <laughs> Do not want to test her management of offense. <laughs> so the story that, that we're going to be looking at, and I'm going to give you a really abbreviated version of it, is uh, the story with Saul and David. So last week... Um, Kyle brought you the story of Joseph, and Joseph spans multiple chapters of Genesis, and, and there's so much information there. My encouragement, like her encouragement was, is to go back and read the story of Joseph and figure out the different areas where he could have been offended and responded in a negative and where he responded in a positive way. The same with Saul and David, that, that the story of, of Saul and David goes on books, and, and my, my focus today is not going to be to plow through all that scripture. I'm just going to give you a, a quick overview so that so we can use that as, as a base example um, of events, responses, and outcomes. So here's a really quick synopsis of Saul and David. So there's this prophet Samuel who was leading the people back in those times, and the people were, were kind of cranky. They said, you know, we want a king. We want a king like all the other leaders. And Samuel's like, but, but you've got God. And they're like, no, we want a king. And, they're like, and, and it's like, okay. So God tells Samuel to give the people a king. And he says, they're, you know, it's, it's not going to go well for them, but, but this is what they want. God sometimes give you what, gives you what you want, even though it's probably not going to go well for you that God was their king, and no matter who was put on that throne, it was going to be a massive downgrade. So they get Saul, who based off of a dating app profile is amazing. He's tall, he's a stud, he looks good, um, he, he's strong and handsome, you know, like everybody would be swiping, I don't know which way you swipe, which, which, which way do you swipe, right? Okay. So you swipe right, and you get Saul. Saul's an awesome dude. However, Saul was not all that awesome. He was a fearful man. Ultimately, he was oppressed by a demon. He makes rash decisions without consulting God and, and, and really just kind of screws it up, left and right. 
the people were, were happy to have a king, but, but really they were more impressed by this sheep herder, David, than they were with Saul. Now, Saul was king. David was the sheep herder. Um, I said I was going to stay away from like, government officials, but, but this relationship of Saul as king and David as a sheep herder gets more intricate and intimate than, than just from like, a government perspective. So, so David's best friend is Saul's son, and David's wife is Saul's daughter, and, and, and David was, was close to Saul, and they, and they had a tight relationship. But in this, in this process, David is excelling well. He is, he, is, he is doing great things, better things than Saul, and the people are noticing, and they're singing songs that Saul killed his two, and David killed his 2,000. I can't remember what the number is. But, but there's, this, there's this, this perspective that Saul's got is like, oh, they like him better. They like him better, and because Saul's in this position as king, um, he is able to deal with this jealousy and anger and bitterness by trying to kill David. Repeatedly so. That, that, that this authority figure, Saul, was trying to take David out. And David's got many opportunities to respond. He's got a ton of events that he can respond to. So, so again... We're just gonna, I'm just going to throw back up here on the screen this E plus R equals O. So if you have not um, heard this before, if you weren't here for Kyle's message last week, E plus R equals O is an equation where it is the event plus the response equals the outcome. <clears throat> In this equation, you've only got control over one thing. You have no control over the event. You have some influence on the outcome, but the response is really the only thing that you can handle. David's response was the only thing that he could handle. Now, I'm assuming and hoping that, that your boss or your parents or your pastor or your wife is not out to kill you. That you're not looking around every corner in fear of somebody chucking a spear at you. But, but I do feel confident that, that we all have events in our lives involving authority figures, our bosses, our parents, our church leaders, that we've taken offense to that we've dealt with authority, fig authority figures who, to one extreme, may be jealous, bitter, and angry, and, and that have offered intentional, malicious events in our lives that we've had to respond to. And on the other extreme, you might be dealing with authority figures that are just incompetent. They're not malicious. They just don't know any better. They lack competence in the role that, that they've been placed in, and, and they provide you events that suck. They provide you events that, um, that, that you might get offended by and that you're challenged to respond to. And then, then somewhere in between, they just might not be on the same page with this authority figure. That it doesn't have to be anything extreme to either one of those. That it's just like, so, so you're clashing with your boss or with your parents. These events play out. They've, they've hurt us. They've challenged us. And, and maybe without a whole lot of thought or intention behind it, you respond. You just have a default response rather than a disciplined response. And this is what we're going to look at today. That, that what I want to look at today, when it comes to the offense that we take, that we claim on behalf of this authority in our lives, we have two ways to respond to it. We can respond to it with a default below-the-line response or a disciplined above-the-line response. 
and I'm just going to throw out there that this default below the line response is most likely a sinful response, that it's, that it's not what God's best is. It's not what he desires for you. And the outcomes are usually reflective of that. So we're going to look at two default responses. The first one, the first default response is fight. 1 Samuel 24, 3 and 4 says, At the place where the road passes some sheepfold, Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. But as it happened, David and his men were hiding farther back in that very cave. Now is your opportunity, David's men whispered to him. Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with, you, to, to do with as you wish. So David crept forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. In 1 Samuel 26, 8, it says, God has surely handed your enemy over to you this time. Abishai whispered to David, let, him pin him, let me pin him to the ground, and with one thrust of the spear, I won't need to strike twice. David had this opportunity to fight, to attack that, that Saul's events, the, the things that Saul was feeding him, trying to kill him. David had this opportunity to attack. He had this opportunity to fight. His men wanted him to take that opportunity. The, the, the quotes that they're saying, so, so God's saying this is your chance. No, this is you saying that this is the chance. David had the opportunity. His men wanted him to take that opportunity to take care of the problem, and, and he could have attacked. When we take offense from authority, our default response can be to fight as well. How do we fight? How do we fight when an authority offends us? What is your fight mode? I know in my head as I was grappling with this, there was, there was one phrase that, that came to mind as I, as I think back to a number of my fight modes. It's uh, this, this phrase, I'll show them. I'm going to show them. I can think back to kitchens. So I used to work in kitchens. And my fight mode in light of the offense really just kind of satisfied my desires. In, in kitchens... Uh, would slow work. That, that, that was my fight mode, that if my boss was uh, making me angry and I was taking offense to him, I would, I would slow the pace. That'll show him. Um, this might sound really horrible, but does anybody know what it means to hot plate someone? So, so food should be on hot plates when it gets served. Uh, my aggressiveness was to make sure that plate was really hot. And it sounds entertaining. At the time, it was very entertaining. <laughs> um, but, that, but that fight mode really didn't serve me well. What's your fight mode? In your workplace, your fight mode might be to BCD, to blame, complain, defend. Your fight mode might be to gather the troops and, and talk about how bad your boss is. Maybe your fight mode is to go to your boss's boss and, and totally bypass any conversation with him and trash him to their boss. Have you been offended by your parents? What's your fight mode when it comes to parents? That, that fight mode there might, might be yelling, screaming, arguing, trashing stuff in your house. Maybe your fight mode plays out on social media. So, so selfishly, I love watching TikTok and people doing their fight mode, because it's, it's entertaining just from a train wreck perspective, right? <laughs> but 
but, but does your fight mode play out on social media? Does your fight mode play out on Facebook that, in, that your BCD just shines like a beacon on Facebook, rallying again people behind you to show that you're right. This will show them. This will show them. What is your fight mode? How does, how does this default fight response play out in your life when you're offended by an authority figure? And what kind of results and outcomes does that get you? What does that get you? I wanna, I wanna encourage you to, to contemplate that, to think about that, to identify these areas that you just kind of like responded with a, there goes, and kind of identify the, not, not just the, the events, but, but the issue. What, what does that outcome get for you? David had the opportunity to fight, to kill Saul right there. That's, that's an initial default response of two offenses to fight. Default response number two is flight. When we're offended by an authority figure, our, our other default can be to just flee, to run away, to, to hide, to, to fall away. I want, so I want to highlight something here. So, so what we're talking about here, talking about here is offense. If it comes to abuse, if it comes to abuse, in a, in a relationship with an authority figure, you run, and you, and you go to someone that can help. That if you're in a position where, where you feel like you're being abused, my encouragement to you is to, is to connect with somebody that can help. Not somebody that wants to hear the BCD. Not, not somebody that you're just gonna go and complain and vent to, but, but somebody that can help. So, so when it comes to offense, we might run, let's deal with that. When it comes to abuse, run. Let's deal with that. Does that make sense? When it comes to offense, though, and our default response of flight mode, what does that look like in your life? Mark 4, 16 and 17 says, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The, the King James Version, Mara, Put the King James Version here for you. <laughs> that they have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. What is your flight mode? What is your flight mode? For, for me, in my family context, when I was a kid, my flight mode was, was literally to run away from the house and go work in kitchens. That, that when I was able to work... I started working. That got me out of my house. That got me out of, out of the house and dealing with, um, well, my mom's probably not watching this, so dealing with my stepfather, who, who totally offended me, and I offended him, and we just, we didn't do it well. So we had some flight modes, but then, but then my response was flight mode, that I removed myself from the household as much as I could. I removed myself from relationship. It was a self-preservation tactic that I just didn't want to deal with those hurts. In a, in a work context, flight mode might be that you just hang on to the offense. It, that it just might stay here. That instead of doing anything with it, you cram it all down and pack it all in and just keep it all hidden. That you, that you carry the weight 
of that offense with you, maybe even using it as a lens to, to view whatever else that they're doing, that that, that hiding away, that, that running from it is really just you looking at everything that they do from that perspective, packing even in more offense. It's just you, you just hide and, and let it fester. In a church context, anybody ever been offended by a church leader? Church context, yeah. The pastors raise their hand because it's like, yes. So what do we do when, in flight mode when we're offended by a church leader? We're out of here. We're going to hop. We're going to take off. We're going to move. We move somewhere else because the grass has to be greener over here, right? But, but the story often here is that people just run before seeking any kind of resolution, restoration, forgiveness, or clarity. And, and, and what ends up happening is that they take that offense with them. That offense is yours. And if, and if you're just running from a church context where you felt offended, you're taking the offense with you and you're bringing it to the next place. What is your fight mode? What is your fight mode? And what is the outcome of your flight mode? So, so the outcomes of, of below-the-line behaviors is, is sin. It's sin. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Which of those results, which of those outcomes do you end up with when you respond to offense with authority with a below-the-line response of fight or flight. Can you identify one of those, two of those, three of those? If one of yours is sorcery, please come to me afterwards. I'm totally fascinated by that one. <laughs> but, but seriously, I would encourage you to evaluate your style of response. What does, what does your default response style give you? What is the outcome that's provided? I want you to, I, I want you to take some time and consider them from a, from a church, church context, from a work context, from a family context, and identify potential patterns of those responses. Maybe even name them so that you, when they start to rear their head again, you can identify them what they are and know that I, I can choose something different. I can respond differently. I can respond not just from my gut. I can, I can respond from my, my, my head and my spirit that God's probably got something better for you than to respond with fight or flight. He's got an above-the-line discipline response for you. The first discipline response I want to talk about is trust. Trust is an above-the-line response. Trust that God has a purpose and an intention for the things that he is doing. Going back to 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 24, 5-7 says, But then David's conscience began bothering him because he had cut Saul's robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this to my lord, the king. I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one, for the Lord himself has chosen him. So David restrained his men and did not let them kill Saul. David's conscience began bothering him. Something shifted and he responded differently that, that he had a, what we would call a press pause, get your mind right kind of moment. That, that, that in this moment, he realized 
I can't respond this way. There's something different. There's some, there's some other response that I'm supposed to have. And, and it came down to trusting that God had put him in this position. God had put Saul in this position. He was the anointed one. And, and rather than attack him, the, the thing that his people were doing, he, you know, the troops rallied around him with the BCD. Come on, you can do it. He, he sucks. We can kill him. Something shifted. He pressed pause. He got his mind right. And what he did was he, he acknowledged his trust in God that God had anointed Saul in the position that he was in. That instead of doing what, what his men wanted him to do, instead of doing what he he probably, uh, in a gut way, wanted to do. He did what God wanted to do. Galatians 5.16 says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. The below-the-line response can be me saying, I will show them, or to run. The above-the-line response starts with listening to God say, let me show you, and trusting him. Let me show you and trust him. Romans 13, 1 and 2 says, Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. As I read these verses, what comes to mind is that, so there's an opportunity here, that that rather being offended by the actions and behaviors of this person who's in authority over me, that instead of selfishly responding to my desires and my default nature, that I can respond above the line with trust, with a mindset of. So there's a reason. This, this person's here for a reason. What's the opportunity that, that I have here, that if I trust God there's probably an opportunity here. So the first discipline response is, is to trust, to, to press pause, get your mind right, and, and, and trust. The next discipline response I want to highlight is this, is honor. 1 Samuel 24, 10 through 11 continues on. Then he shouted to Saul, why do you listen to the people who say I'm trying to harm you? This very day you can see with your own eyes it isn't true, for the Lord placed you at my mercy back there in the cave. Some of my men told me to kill you, but I spared you, for I said, I will never harm the king. He is the Lord's anointed one. Look, my father, at what I have in my hand. It's a piece of the hem of your robe. I cut it off, but I didn't kill you. This proves that I'm not trying to harm you and that I have not sinned against you, even though you have been hunting for me to kill me. David honors Saul. He both honors Saul and God in this intentional behavior, in this statement, that he acknowledged God's anointment of Saul publicly. That this was out in the open for, for everybody to hear, his people and Saul's people. And, and Saul responded. Saul responded to that acknowledgement of order, of honor. 1 Samuel 24 continues. When David had finished speaking, Saul called back, is that really you, my son David? Then he began to cry. And he said to David, you are a better man than I am, for you have repaid me good for evil. Yes, you have been amazingly kind to me today, for when the Lord put me in a place where you could have killed me, you didn't do it. Who else would let his enemy get away when he had him in his power? May the Lord reward you well for the kindness you have shown me today. 
Saul continued to try to kill David. David's response with honor honored Saul, and it honored God. What, it, what ultimately that was is that honor was still an event for Saul, and Saul had to choose how he was going to respond to it. He responded to it well at first and then went back to his demon-oppressed craziness and continued to try to kill David. Their response is not on you. Your response is on you. Did David get the outcome that he was looking for? If it, was, if it was to have a restored relationship with Saul and live happily ever after, then no, he didn't do that. He didn't get that. But he provided the opportunity. David provided a solid response through trust, with honor, which gave Saul this event. And Saul had his choice how to respond. What would an honoring response for you look like? What would an honoring response look like for you when it comes to uh, offense with a boss? I heard one of the stories I heard this week as I was talking this sermon through with people was um, so this, this one person had the opportunity to, to BCD to, to complain and attack, and instead what they did was they went to their boss and shared openly and transparently, not with the perspective of fighting or flighting, but, but to, to honor and get clarity. Does, it, does this mean that they're, they're best friends and everything is hunky-dory now? No, but, but the person took a, a, a step of, of honoring and not attacking. What, is, what does that look like in your life? When it comes to honoring your, your mother and father, that, that instead of going with fight mode or flight mode, what does that response look like? An honoring response with your parents might be to, okay, so I'm going to calm the stories down, and, and we're going we're gonna to talk. That instead of coming at it with a, I'm going to show them perspective, or I'm just going to run and hide, that you can be present. Rather than throwing your metaphorical spear at your boss, pastor, or parent, you go from the perspective that David had. I will never harm the king. He's the Lord's anointed one. You have a disciplined response of honor. The third discipline response I want to look, like, look at is plant. So I was having a hard time coming up with what this third one should actually be titled. So kind of like hang with me as I explain this one. That, that plant means plant, you know, that, that I'm going to plant some grass and, and that's a good thing, but, but, but plant. Psalm 92.13 says, but the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. They will declare, the Lord is just. He is my rock. There is no evil in him. I want to be one of them cedars of Lebanon and, and know that I can't be a, a solo cedar of Lebanon, that they don't stand by themselves. You 
And to be that, I need to, to root, to invest, to connect, to pour into and be poured into. I was looking at this initially from a place of the flight mode and it com- when it comes to offense with church leaders. Offense from church leaders means that we hop, we transplant, we go to somewhere else, and, and, and that can become a pattern that, that there are people that could probably say, so in the last 10 years, I've been a, a part of like 10 churches. And my pattern might be to transplant every year or to leave and not get planted somewhere else. And, and, and if we look at it from a, a place of a, an actual plant, that if you continue to transplant a plant over and over and over again, that's not going to grow. It's, it's not going to grow. It's not going to get strong. It's not going to be able to, to, to be this strong tree that when offenses come, they can deal with it well. That instead, they're, they're just going to be weak and spindly and, and have no other choice but to, oh, let's just go again. And I, and I know some of you know what that feels like. It, it sucks. It's horrible. Church shopping. Raise your hand if you're a fan of church shopping. It's, it's a miserable experience. And it's one that we're often throwing ourselves into because we, we refuse to take the opportunity to, to plant, to trust that God's got a purpose and a place for us that, that we can plant in. Does, it, does that mean that you're going to be totally on board with everything that the church leadership does? Not a chance. I'm church leadership, and I probably don't agree with everything that church leadership does. <laughs> right? But, it, but I can't stand in a place of offense towards it, because if I stand in a place of offense, if I, if I fight or if I flee, well, then I'm of, I'm of no use at all. I'm not going to put down roots anywhere. I'm not going to get strong. I'm just going to run. don't want to run. I don't want you to run. And really, unless there's a clear call to, to move... You shouldn't run. I was, I was having a conversation with, with somebody else this week in light of this, and, and, and their perspective of, of, of planting is, so, that, so they've, they've got a boss that, that they really can't stand, makes life really hard for them in their business, and, and, and really has other opportunities that would probably be freaking brilliant. And yet, they haven't heard the call to go. And, and so they stay planted. They stay, they stay planted not with a, a, a perspective of, of anger or offense. They just acknowledge the situation. This is a situation. I have not heard that it's time to go yet. I'm going to stay right here. And, and then they're still intentionally listening for this, the time to go that, that it's, it's not like it's not like they're just going to miraculously one day, like, oh, God told me to go. That, that they're actually investing time in God's word, in God's community, in prayer, to, to listen closely and hear, that they're paying attention, that this, this, this time of planting is that they're, they're growing, they're, they're, they're feeding, they're, they're, they're rooted solid, and they're listening intentionally. So when the offense comes, they can put the offense in its right place. And trust that God's got something for them. 
And until he tells them it's time to go, I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to stay right here, planted and rooted. Planted and rooted in your workplace, planted and rooted in your Christian community, planted and rooted in your marriage, planted and rooted in your family, that, that if you're planted and rooted in God's word and his community, you can prepare to, to take the offense and not just take the offense, but, but to produce fruit. That you can, you can produce fruit and be a catalyst for change within a group organization. So you might be in a place where your boss, your church leader is offensive, and, and maybe the reason that you're there is to see that culture change. And that, that you can see it change from a, a, a godly place, a godly perspective, rather than a position of force. Trust, honor, plant. If you've got a better word for plant, let me know. Because it's just kind of like, I know what I wanted to say. Hopefully you understood what I wanted to say. But if, you're, but if your discipline responses are those, what are the outcomes that you're looking at? I, wanna, I just want to share with you that the, the main outcome that I want you to see is that there is fruit. And that, that fruit is of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 through 24. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to, the, to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. That's the fruit I want. That's, that's the fruit I want. And in this case, so, so I ask, so which, so which one, which... Oh, that's the other one. Go back to the other verse. Go back to the other one. So all those things, I want them all. I want them all. That, that uh, you know, the other side, like I jokingly, I'm curious about the sorcery, but I don't want any of those. <laughs> I don't want any of those. I want all of these. And if I, if I can trust, and if I can honor, and if I can plant... I have that opportunity. What's fascinating in all these verses is uh, it doesn't say, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Um, happiness, lots and lots of money, ease, ease of life. What are the other things that, that we want? I want, uh, I want comfort. I want, there's part of me that wants complacency. I, that's, that's not what the fruit of the Spirit is offering, that you're probably still going to have to deal with offense and pain and discomfort. And yet, since we are living by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. When it comes to the people that are in authority over you, is the fruit of the Spirit playing out? Can you press pause and get your mind right so that, so that you can trust God, that you can honor him and honor those above you, that you can stay 
rooted, that, that you can stand strong like a cedar of Lebanon amongst a grove of cedars of Lebanon. I want to I want to throw this out here as as we're getting to wrap up. Uh, so so you might be sitting here thinking like, yep, I've got authority figures that are that are challenging that I'm offended by that that I can I can picture that in my workplace I can picture that in my home I can picture that in my church setting. Um, but really, the one that I'm holding on to offense with, it might it just might be God. that in light of all these other authoritative offenses, the one that you're holding offense to the most is him. That in light of him, you might be in fight mode. That you might be playing out active disobedience from a perspective, I'm going to show you. Or you might be running. You might be fleeing in flight mode, dodging him in any significant interaction with his people. You might actually be sitting here in church today and in full-blown flight mode. That you're able to, to do the things to check the boxes and yet totally miss out on what comes when you trust and honor and plant yourself in him. My encouragement to you is to stop, to, to pause, to spend some intentional time in prayer, intentional time in community. If, if you're in this place of, of fight or flight when it comes to God, I want you to know that there are, there are people here that will walk with you, that will, that will listen to you, that will, that will offer you steps and, and a willingness to walk alongside of you as you walk this path. Nobody's going to be shocked. Nobody's going to be shocked if you've got issues with God. But it's crushing if you're not walking with people through it, that you're probably never going to get out of it. On, on your own, on your own, you're probably screwed. If you're doing this Christian walk in any form or fashion on your own, you're screwed. And we don't want that for you. We do not want that for you. We've got, we've got all the, 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 the churchy things that, that we can offer you that, that will help you take those steps. Grow groups and growth track, serving on a dream team, those are, those are all great things. And I highly encourage you to get connected there because that, that connection of relationship and making a difference is significant. Um, but my bigger desire for you is that, that in that or whatever it looks like that you're able to connect some, with someone and, and be honest and transparent. And, and if you're hurting, if you're grappling with this offense, that, that you're not doing this on your own. We don't want you to be on your own.
Well, there's an upper to an end of a sermon, isn't it? But really it is. Because we've got people here that will do that. We've got, we've got people that will walk with you. That, that is their design. That is their mission. Listen clearly, you are not alone. You are not on your own. And there are others that will walk with you as you figure out what trust, honor, and planting looks like. So if you could all close your eyes and bow your head, let's do some prayer. This, this prayer will include everybody. So, so you might be so you might be grappling with, grappling with uh, offense at your workplace or your family. This, this prayer is going to be for you. And you might be grappling with offense by God. And this prayer is going to be for you. And, 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 and you might just be starting your first step with God. And this prayer is going to be for you. And then, and then after that, I pray that you continue to pray to him, to, to know him better, to trust him more and understand what it is to walk in honor and trust and obedience. But this morning, this morning is, this morning, this prayer is the opportunity to sink your roots in a little bit deeper with intention and purpose and focus and know that you might just be this little cedar sapling amongst a whole bunch of other cedar trees that are growing around you. So traditionally, we say, I, we say a prayer up here and, and, and have you echo in on it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ramble a prayer so you don't have to follow suit. Um, but, it, but in your seats, pray as you feel pray, led to pray and, and make that connection with God. So, so Father, I, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for... I thank you for the opportunity to hopefully look at our lives more from the way that you want us to look at them than the way that we selfishly want to look at them. Father, I pray that you give us a right mind, a right heart, a right spirit to, to respond to the challenges and offenses around us in a way that produces the fruit of the spirit that you desire for us, that that we respond in a way not from our, our selfish perspective, but, but from the Holy Spirit's push-pull example that, that, that you keep us focused on you and the opportunity that, that we actually have rather than to fight or flee. And, and Father, I... I pray that any offense that I have towards you, that you can just shine the light on that. 
clear out whatever darkness is there and, and, and allow my eyes and my spirit to hear you say, let me show you. And, and Father, I, I pray that, that you connect me and the people in this room closer and closer to each other. That May we stop doing solo and become more transparent and walk arm in arm. And that we can foster the fruit of the Spirit throughout all of us. And Father, I, I lift up those who this morning are saying today, today is my first step with you. Today is the day that, that I commit to following after Jesus, that today is the day that I let the Holy Spirit come on in and have his way. That today is the day that, that things start to change. That today is the day I confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And today's the day I take my first step after him. I lift this congregation up to you, Father. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If this morning, on that back end of the prayer, you were taking your first step today, yes, thank you very much. And, and I would encourage you to fill out the Connect card and let us know. Let us celebrate you. Let us begin this walk with you and, and, uh, and see your life transformed. Let's do that today. Okie doke, I'm going to close this out with our offering and then Pastor Laney is going to come up and give away some cool stuff and then remember there are strawberries afterward. So on the screen, there are the different ways that you can give online, by mail, or in the box in the back um, and, and know that that we are using that money not just to do the stuff that we're doing in this building, but understanding how we can serve outside of this building, that, that it's not just an ingrown focus thing that we're looking outwards. So I'm going to pray for the offering, and then we'll let Lainey give away some cool stuff. Father, again, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity to gather together here to worship and, and contemplate your word and its impact on our lives. Father, I lift up this offering to you. I, I am so grateful for for how you provide for us. And I pray that we just continue to focus on those provisions and seeing the kingdom grow and, and how to faithfully steward everything that you've given us. Uh, we lift this all up to you, Father. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. All right, everybody. We love mothers. We love celebrating mothers here at Simple Church. Um, and we have some... Well, really one grand prize to give away. But I just want to make sure that whoever gets it really wants it. So we're going to play a game, and I promise I won't make you move. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't know, on Mother's Day, we don't want to move. Okay, but I am going to ask you to look through your stuff. So one thing we really love about moms is that they are often wonderful caretakers. So I just want the first person who can find a Band-Aid in their purse to raise it up in the air. The first person, find me a Band-Aid. If you have a Band-Aid, raise it up real high so Aaron can see you so he can bring you something. Find me a Band-Aid. Oh, I see one over there. Awesome. Okay, well, we also love that mothers 
often let us teach um, the gospel to Jesus. So raise up your kidsmen checkout tag. First person will raise up your kidsmen checkout tag. All right, good work. All right, there is nothing worse than having dry lips. So the first mom who can hold up some chapstick. Hold me up. Oh, right there. Okay. Now, this one's a hard one. First person who can hold up. No, oh, I forgot to say, don't open your card yet. If you have, it's okay. But don't open it yet. It's okay if you have. First person who can find a printed, printed, you know what that means, not on your phone photo of a family member hold it up high a printed photo of a family member can you find one can you find one okay 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 oh we got one nobody does that anymore yeah they do good work okay on the count of three I'm gonna ask you all to open your envelopes and if you got the envelope that says grand prize just hold it up in the air so we can celebrate with you this morning one two three open them up I sealed them. <laughs> Probably didn't need to. Hold it up if you got the grand prize. Yay, give it up. That is a spa gift card because we care about our mom so much. And thank you for playing everybody else. I hope you get a cup of coffee for yourself with the rest. And thank you all. Um, on your way out, mothers, not children. Mothers, there are chocolate covered strawberries for you made with love. By, that's not Tim, but by Tim, somewhere around here. He was up on stage. You know, he's got the beard. There he is, at the Connect Center. So on your way out, talk to Tim and grab chocolate-covered strawberries just for you. You don't have to share with your kids. I'm looking at some kids right now. You don't get your mom's strawberries. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time.